We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division I ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. All right, welcome back to the Field of 68 Off the Carousel series. My name is Eli Betker, and today I'm joined by CLU head coach Chris Victor. Chris, how's everything been? Hey, Eli, good. Good, thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, got got plenty uh, from your first season. It's This is kind of an unusual one because a lot of the coaches we've had on this show are now entering their first full offseason and going to be entering their first season. But your story uh, came came in a little bit of different circumstances, being named interim head coach just a handful of days before the season started. Uh, I guess just to begin, what was this first season like at SU and in this interim turned full-time head coaching position? Yeah, well, technically I am entering my first offseason because you're right. I mean, it was uh, the transition occurred, I think, three days prior to our first game. So Saturday or Sunday, I'm named interim head coach. Our first game was at home on Wednesday. So it was quick. Um, and the first season was, it was a wild one. Um, you know, the transition obviously was, was huge in our program, the university, um, our guys handled it as well as they could have. Um, and, you know, from that point on, just prove what kind of team we had and, you know, the, the, the maturity, the toughness. Um, and then from that point on, we ended up that Wednesday game was at home game against Alcorn. We won at the buzzer, uh, Cam Tyson hit three at the buzzer. And that that game, that win, even the style of winning that game kind of allowed us to kind of exhale and continue throughout the season. So, um, you know, we didn't really have a chance to just kind of take a step back because, like I said, it was a, th- a three-day turnaround. But 
from the transition, the coaching transition to the start of the season. But um, it was an amazing year. We had a great group, uh, a lot of fun to coach, and um, really proud of the season that we had. What was this group like? Because I, I understand this is one of the 10, 15 youngest teams in the country this past season. They went, obviously you were on the staff, but they underwent a head coaching change to begin the year, COVID injuries, things like that. It, it was a lot to just not only be a good team, but to win the whack and do it under unusual circumstances. How, how did they respond to some of the adversities they faced this season? Yeah. Um, you know, we were young, uh, very young. Um, but we also had a lot of guys that were returning. So it was a unique balance of a team where you, you are overall, your roster is young, but we had a lot returning from the previous season. So, um, and we were, we were able to go on our foreign tour prior to the season. So we had a lot of returners. We had some time to practice and some time for the guys to build some relationships. Cause you know, during the COVID year, we had no time for the guys to bond or build relationships. So that was, that was a hard year for us. I think we had eight or nine play, new players that season on our roster with no time to team build, building that camaraderie. This year was different. We had a lot of returners. We were able to go on the foreign tour prior to the season. So um, I think that helped a lot um, as far as, you know, when the, when the kind of the adversity hit this year, instead of that splintering our team and creating uh, division, they ended up bringing these guys a lot closer because they had past relationships, because they had that bond from the previous season. Um, that allowed us to continue through the year. And again, the team, what they showed was their toughness, their resiliency, um, and really their bond with each other. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a special group. And from that point on, they continued to get better. They continued to improve. And really, you know, to have a year that we had, it was the first conference championship, Division One in school history. Um, it was the most wins in over 60 years. It was a historic season for, for our school. Could you, I know every coach enters the season with expectations. This was a very talented roster, all things considered, but could you, well, a year ago, but even like seven years ago, coaching at Citrus and, and could you have envisioned that you would be a head coach and being named WAC coach of the year in one of the best 10, 12 divisions and one of the 10, 12 best conferences in college basketball. Could you, could you have legitimately envisioned that? No, no. <laughs> I, my, uh, I knew I wanted to be a head coach. I knew I wanted to be a head coach at a four-year level. That was always, you know, a goal of mine. Um, I left Citrus for that reason. Um, I didn't know if it was going to be division one, division two. I mean, ultimately I wanted to be a division one head coach, but to envision this at that point, um, no. And I mean, again, I, I was always planning to be a head coach again. That was always um, a dream of mine and what I wanted to accomplish in my career, um, but not how it went down. Um, and thankfully I, I felt really prepared at that moment to be a head coach again because of my prior head coaching experience and because I was always planning at some point to become a head coach again. But now if you ask me if I could have picked this one, I, I would have, honestly, probably not. So the, the team has a lot of West Coast and local flavor, and I think a lot of people gravitate towards Cameron Tyson being able to return home coming off a roster spot on a Final Four team. And you've mentioned in some interviews uh, on other platforms about kind of that pitch of being in the heart of Seattle, being in one of the better conferences in college basketball. What, what is the allure if you're maybe sitting down with an 18 year old who, who would be interested in playing for Seattle? You, what, what is the pitch to them to say, like, come play for the Red Hawks, come play for us? Yeah, I mean, every recruit's going to be unique, but you know, big picture, th this university is a special place. Um, it's one of the best private universities in the country, let alone the West Coast. 
Uh, we're in the heart of Seattle, one of the best cities in the country. So you're going to, you're getting a high level education in one of the best cities in the country. And then, you know, with our program's history, it's a, it's a, it's a rich history here, um, but it's in the fifties and the sixties. Um, you know, it's funny to ask, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious if guys know who Eldrin Baylor is now, the high school kids coming out. But because of NBA 2K, they, they do know. He's on the all-time Lakers team, so they have some reference point. Um, but you get, a, you get a high level education, one of the best in the countries, one of the best cities in the countries. And now with the WAC improving uh, the way it is, our conference is taking steps in the right direction. Um, and our program is as well. So, you know, we're excited where we're going. Um, and the experience that we can provide a student athlete with the education tied to it is, 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 is special. So you mentioned now this is your first full offseason as Seattle's, Seattle U's head coach. And I think the, the noteworthy one, obviously, is the, the loss of Darion Trammell and him heading to SCSU, which I think is a tremendous fit for him and his, his playing future. But overall, the nucleus is still intact for what was a young team and a developing team. So as you and your staff kind of got together at least last month or two, what has been the focus or the approach to building off of last season and making uh, this upcoming season even better. Yeah, we're really excited about who we have coming back. Seven, we've, you know, our, our rotation was for the most part, the season was nine players. Um, we returned seven of those nine, um, which again is really, really important. Today's college basketball landscape, the more it's always been important, right. But now it's getting a little more difficult and difficult every season to do that. So the fact that we can return seven to nine for us is, is huge. Um, and then you're right, replacing uh, Darion was, was a big piece. So we, we have two new guards on our roster that we're really excited about. Um, Paris Dawson transferred from Portland State and Alex Schumacher, who's a Division II transfer uh, kid from, uh, from the Oregon area. So I'm um, really excited about them and um, got a JC transfer we added to our roster. Isn't it isn't a, more of a, a versatile wing? Um, but Shea from City College of San Francisco um, is going to add a lot to our program as well. So with the seven and nine returning, plus the guys, we're really excited about the guys that were adding to the program this season um, to have that kind of that momentum from last season with the returners. Uh, we think we can have a special season again next year. So the well, transfer portal is such a such a big thing in college basketball these days. But one of the things that I've noticed with this team, too, is the ability to find talents at the Juco level. And you've had a lot of great players and you touched on uh, Shea in the City College of San Francisco, and if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think Mecco Denny is from there. Darion Tremell is from there. A lot of a lot of the key talents on this roster has been from there. Is that digging into JUCO talents when I think a lot of teams maybe in the the Wax, the Mountain West, or the A10s of the world are probably going to transfer out? Is that a concerted effort or decision, or is it just kind of naturally the the right fits that you found for this program? Yeah, we've had a great relationship with that program for a while. Um, and, you know, I think they've won six, they've lost one game and won 62 in the last two seasons. So if they're, they're doing something right down there. And uh, the guys that we've that we've been fortunate to have from that program have all been successful with us. So, um, you know, we're sad to see Darion Lee, but he had a hell of a two seasons at Seattle. Mameka um, has become one of our program leaders. And by the time he leaves this place, he's going to leave a mark on this program for sure. So, you know, that program, that, that program in San Francisco has, has produced some high level talent. And um, it's the, the, 
that, you know, the kids that we've gotten from there have been a great fit. So we're going to continue to recruit. And yeah, I mean, I, we have, I've coached, I played Juco in California. I coached Juco in California for six seasons, five as a head coach. So a lot of connections still out there. And I know that there are great players um, that can help us win at Seattle U in, in, in that area. So we'll continue to recruit not only California Juco, but the NWAC up here and, and national Juco as well. One of the things that, that we discussed when we uh, chatted before the WAC tournament was just kind of the natural course that Seattle used taken just as a basketball program. And you touched on Elgin Baylor and the peak that this program had in the late 50s and the early 60s and then being out of D1 entirely and then resurfacing about a decade or so ago and now competing to go to the NCAA tournament. One of the things that you talked to me about was kind of rekindling that connection with the SU supporters and the alums of this university. Uh, what, what has that meant and what has the, the fan base been like to you uh, since you've been head coach and just getting more support and getting more seats filled uh, at SU and just those types of things that really are necessary to build a program? Yeah, it's been great. You know, we're very fortunate to play. Um, we played 10 home games last year at Climate Pledge Arena, which is the $1.2 billion arena in downtown Seattle. Um, the Krakens, the Krakens home. It's also, um, well, the WNBA Seattle um, storm now, and then, you know, crossing our fingers, hopefully uh, the supersonics back again. So to have to, to play there and have the support of the city has been huge, but we also played a great smaller on campus facility, um, which towards the end of the season, we, we, we were selling out. So Seattle's a great sports town. I mean, everyone knows that you have, um, some of the best fans in the country are in Seattle. Um, and there's a lot of people in Seattle that remember the days of Elgin Baylor in the 50s. And they remember those days of Seattle U being the prime ticket in Seattle back in the 60s. So we felt that energy towards the end of the season. The support was great from not only our alumni base and the people on campus, uh, but also the people in the city. Um, and we want to keep that momentum going. And, um, you know, it's we're so proud of, of our university and we're so proud of the city that we represent um, and the energy that we had in the building the last three or four weeks of this season was great. And we're, we want to keep that going next year. What's the, what's the long-term vision that you and your staff have, have set forth for this program in terms of things that you want to establish maybe on or off the floor or just kind of the, maybe building a, a better fan experience or just kind of those intricate details that that's needed to, to build something sustainable. Yeah. You know, we, we need to get back to the NCAA tournament, number one. That's our goal. So um, I thought we took a great stride in the right direction last season. Um, didn't end the way we wanted to, of course, but, um, you know, winning 23 games, our net ranking jumped over 100 points. We're going in the right direction. So it's just going to be continuing to, to recruit the right athlete that fits Seattle U and what we're about um, and continue to make that jump. Uh, we need We need to – take another step in the right direction next season um, and continue to move towards that goal of going to the NCAA tournament. And that's, that's right now is number one. So um, we're focused on that. Um, some, you know, winning the WAC regular season champion championship was great. Um, that'll be our goal again next season, but, you know, getting the NCAA tournament is where we need to be. So uh, finally, a lot of coaches we've talked to, the world of college basketball is different. Even when I started covering the sport a handful of years ago, it was different then than it is now. Do you, do you get any time to sleep? I, I know you're a father. Do you get any sort of time to relax or just take a day off with NIL and transfer portal and things happening all the time? Do you, do you get any sort of break time? You know, that's a great question. And uh, 
the answer is I'm working on it. Um, I do know when I get home um, and we have dinner as a family, it's my wife and my son right now. Um, I'm forced to put my, turn my phone off, at least on silent. And I face it down the table. And if my wife even sees me reach for that thing or go for it, I get a look to remind me like, not now, not right now, Give it, not touching your phone right now. So um, yeah, that balance is something that, uh, that we'll continue to have to uh, improve on and, and find, but um, yeah, it's changing. It's different and you have to adapt to it. Um, you got to find the ways that you can be successful in the new landscape or else you're going to fall behind. So um, yeah, it's been an interesting off season for sure. And interesting last couple of years in college basketball, but, um, if we want to get to where we want to get to, and we want to make the NCAA tournament, we'll have to find a way to make it work. Yeah. Well, clearly if you and your staff figured out something quickly, uh, given how this first season has gone, uh, Chris, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the uh, off the carousel podcast and, uh, you know, very best of luck for this second season. And, and from here on out. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.